Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. After Pentecost, like after the Holy Spirit came and all the crazy stuff happens and the church starts to go, Peter and John were out and about and they were walking up to the temple one day and there's this dude being carried up to the temple on one of these mats, you know, like a cot. And they, there's these guys that carry him up there every day. The dude's 40 years old, and he's been crippled his entire life. 40 years, every day, his friends bring him up, set him down by the gate called Beautiful that enters the temple area and all this stuff, and, um, and he begs for money. So as, as Peter and John are walking up to the temple, this dude's here, and everybody knows this guy because he's been there for 40 years every day begging for money. Like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding Peter and John walk up, and the guy goes, hey, he's like begging. He's like, give me money, give me something, you know, like alms or whatever. And that was common in those days because if you were crippled, you didn't have welfare, you just died if you didn't get handouts. Literally, there wasn't like a system to support you. You just were left out of society if you were injured or crippled or whatever. So anyway, Peter and John go, well, we don't have any money. Like we're kind of poor ministry guys, like just kind of doing this thing. But what we do have, we give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. 40 years crippled. This guy's been begging for money for 40 years in front of the gate. Pretty whatever. And Peter looks down. Here we go. You ready? Kaylee. Looks down and pulls the guy up onto his feet and let's go. Woo! Yeah, Kaylee. Anyway, you can sit down. This is so incredible, the reality of who God is. And that's all that I wanted to talk about tonight is this recognition of the God that we serve. This guy was completely fixated on asking God for something. He was just asking for 40 years. I want money so I can survive. I want money so I can survive. And God showed up on the scene. And why it took 40 years for this to happen, we don't know. But there's some message of faith in this reality that this guy asked and asked and asked and asked. He didn't even know what it was that he really needed, but God brought the better answer for his life. He didn't ask, hey, can somebody come over here and heal me? Like, Can somebody please fix my legs for 40 years? They haven't worked, you know, like he just said, give me money, please, please. But God's view and perspective of our lives and what's going on. And that's how personal he is, is he's like, no, that man is going to be a testimony. So for 40 years he had begged, but it was just after Pentecost, right? After the Holy Spirit had broken out and like fell and like it was crazy. And all these people came to know Jesus. And it was was amazing, like reality that shifted that the Holy Spirit came and actually lived inside of people. God had positioned this man for 40 years to wait for this day. And it says after he got healed, he went into the temple jumping and leaping and dancing and saying, praise Jesus, praise God. And it, and it, said, it said that the number of believers in Jesus grew to 5,000 that day. And you look and you go, just go like, God, you made this guy for 40 years. And God didn't make this guy, obviously, but you can see your mind go like, oh, but for 40 years, God didn't heal this guy. God had all along intended to heal this man's legs. Do you get that? Because he's a relational God, a personal God, and he's interested in what's going on. But what that man got healed of that day was not being crippled. But he got healed of all kinds of doubt, despair, depression, sadness. Can you imagine living that life? That man leapt through the temple praising God because he got set free from far more than he even on a physical plane, understood that he needed. Because, yeah, his legs got healed, but that, I think, was more for the benefit of everybody that looked and went, that guy's been out there for 40 years. That's crazy. 
5,000 came to know who Jesus was because of one moment in one guy's life who wasn't even asking for the right thing, but he was asking. How many of you had encounters with God in some cool, crazy way on the beach trip or last week or whatever in the last little bit? How many of you were asking for something? Like, oh, like whatever it might be. How many of you were kind of like, God, I want to meet you. I just like, or my life is crazy and I don't know why, or my parents, okay? Well, probably some people were just kind of like, I just showed up, it was fun, and then all of a sudden I was crying in the sand and I don't know why. That's totally cool too because God shows up and he does something insanely powerful in your life because he knows you individually. You notice it wasn't like this cultish thing like, like all of a sudden we like prayed a special prayer and everybody went, wah. Like, it was like some people cried, some people laughed, some people just sat in peace and quiet, some people just contemplated. Like, every individual in that place was experiencing God in a personal and real way. It wasn't, yeah, it was corporate and everybody together and our faith stirred up and our worship together unlocks the heavens, but heaven is not just like splash. It's like you and you and you and you and you and you, because I know you and you and you. So every person experienced God in this personal way, and what that did in your life should live as a testament, like Dylan said, the testimony of what God did in your life. And I heard a handful of them Friday. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know. I just thought people cried. But people got, like, set free of stuff, serious questions, serious challenges, serious stuff going on in their hearts, and God answered in crazy ways. That's got to move you into a better, like, position of testimony to who God really is. When you see God do something, it's not hard to brag about it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, okay, that was cool. I went to the beach and we had fun. And, but most of you came home going, we had a lot of fun, but that worship, right? I got emails from some of your parents this week. Some of you don't even know. You're like, oh my gosh, my parents are embarrassing me. No, like, There's no embarrassment in this, but parents that emailed me and said, my child returned a completely different human being. What have you done? (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That's real. So some of you met God on the beach in a crazy way. You don't even necessarily know what changed, but your mom and dad went, whoa. You don't think that was real in that 40-year-old man who leapt through the temple praising God with all his might? The whole temple, it says, gathered just, and then the religious leaders got mad, arrested Peter and John, threw him in jail, the whole deal. It was a pretty bad deal because they couldn't do anything that night. The next day, they came and questioned him, and the, the guys were like, so you're questioning us for doing a nice thing for a guy who was crippled for 40 years. You saw him, and now he's standing right here. Get it? And all the religious leaders are like, yeah, we're just really mad. We don't know what to do with you, though. Stop talking about Jesus. And they're like, we can't because we saw it. And so did you. And the little thing that I wanted to just like drop tonight on you is this statement. It said, and when the religious leaders noticed the boldness and the courage and the steadfastness of these men, they noted that these men had been with Jesus, who they didn't even believe in. But something on who these guys were. They were bold in what happened in their lives. They knew what was real. They were out there, boom, showing the goodness of God. And the religious leaders who were like, we can't let this happen. It's going to freak out our whole system. Oh, my gosh. Tried to throw them in jail, but they're like, crap, we can't do anything to these guys because they're just being nice to everybody. Ah! 
God, that's like, yeah, it's like one of those people you can't ever be mad at them because they're always too nice. But you want to be mad because they're too nice, right? Anyway, does that make sense? So stand up. I just, we're going to, my whole plan got butchered, but we're out of time. That's okay, right? I like when my plan gets butchered. God's better than me at it anyway. Come up here a little bit. Take like three steps forward. Yeah, Lynn's going to share something. So um, I, just one amazing thing that I've just been watching over the past few months. How many months have you guys been doing training for Australia? Three or four months. Okay, so three or four months, they've already been on their missions trip. So think about that. Um, Just as Ben has been talking so much about the trip, like, you guys don't have to miss out. Like, most, the vast, vast majority of their trip has already taken place here in a very practical sense. In Starbucks and not at the gym. That was the same thing. And with friends, at parties with friends, like, all of that has happened here, and each of you is empowered. You don't have to pay the $3,000 to go to Australia in order to experience the prophetic and the outpouring into other people. You get that? Okay, so how many of you are like, oh, I wish I was going to Australia. I wish I was going to Australia, but guess what? You don't miss out by not getting on a plane and going. Like, the Spirit of God is here for you now to activate you and launch you into society to impact lives with his love. How many of you think it would be awesome to like go up to a stranger and find out that his wife died in a fire two years earlier and you can be a beacon of hope for him? How awesome would that be if each day you step out in your life, every day you step out in your life and you're that voice in someone else's life to give them hope when they're hurting the most. Oh, I can't even imagine the pain he was feeling. And Keith, right? Keith was a voice of hope. And he got to experience his Jesus' love. That man got to experience his love in a time of such agony. That's amazing. And you guys can do that now. <laughs> you don't have to be going on the trip. All right? So that's my encouragement to you. So good. So come on. This dude that got healed of being crippled for 40 years had the love of God expressed to him first. And then he gave his life completely and wholly, completely to God. And what doesn't have to go the other way is like, sometimes I think like in church, it's this whole like, oh, I better polish up my life, get really nice, and then I'll go and God will take me. But God is really into messy, crazy, I, out of control life because he gets really glorified when crazy out of control lives get totally wrecked and totally changed and totally transformed. Does that make sense? And I'm not like encouraging you to wreck your life so God can do something cool. Okay, please don't. But if you feel like you're just like, I am so out of reach of God, oh, you're so wrong. I'm serious. But some of you experienced God's presence. You experienced something new and fresh on the beach, and you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh, God loves me. Okay, there's more, guys. There's more to it than that. It comes to a place where you're like, okay, now I know God's real. Now I know he loves me. I'm going to give my life to, get, to gain it all back. Does that make sense? It's not like, oh my gosh, I become a slave of some crazy guy in the sky. Like, no, it's like you give your life and you just go, I know he loves me. I'm done running the show in my life. And when you hand it over and go like, oh God, you take it. You have control. He goes, yes, I'll tell you, I'll give it all back to you with crazy blessing and crazy overflow. And I'm going to send you to Australia and fill people with my love too. And that'll be even crazier. It's like none of us in this room that have given our lives to God go like, oh my gosh, what did I sign up for? This sucks. Like every 
talk to anybody in this room be like, hey, have you given your life to God? If they're like, yeah, absolutely, and you go, does it suck? Nope. It's flipping amazing. It sounds scary on the outset. It really is. It's like, what, I'm going to let God be the Lord of my life? Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, let him, like, it's, but if he was a big controlling God with a lightning bolt, that would be a problem. But he's a big, loving, best friend, daddy God that's kind of like, oh, this is going to be awesome what we can do together. We're going to go water skiing, and we're going to go, like, do you see the difference in the perspective of who you understand God to be? He's so, wouldn't have sent his son if he was just angry, because that would have just been like vengeance. It would have just been like, well, son, you fix it. Like, he was like, no, son, we got to do something, because I want my kids back. And that's each and every one of you. So if you encountered something with God, that's not the end of your story. That's not the end of, oh, wow, I, I went to church camp. It was cool on the beach. Like, and I met God. Okay, what do you do from this point forward? Will there be evidence in your life? Will people around you that think God is, doesn't exist take note that you have been with Jesus? Like Peter and John. These like Pharisee guys that were like, we don't even believe in this Jesus guys, but, guy, but these dudes hung out with him. And there's something crazy about that. Does that make sense? It really is. It's like crazy, but so attractive, you guys. So if you've had just that like encounter with God, like, yeah, he showed me like, cool stuff, and I cried, and I don't really even know why yet. Do some more business with God and go, God, I just want to give it over to you. I admit that I've screwed up. I'm a sinner. You paid for it. You took care of it, and you're calling me back, and I'm answering. It's really that simple, guys. There's not some magic prayer, but it is a heart prayer that says, God, I am not in control of this thing, and I don't want to be because I want to see what you could do with my life if I give it over, and he just gets all proud papa of that moment so thrilled to take what you offer him and use you in such crazy ways that'll blow your mind healing people bringing love to people delivering people from bondage you guys all know people that are trapped some of you have been trapped and got set free that's the power of the testimony that's the spirit of prophecy that you speak that over people's lives i was there and jesus did this and their heart goes he can my gosh, the power of that. So put your hands in the air. God, I thank you for these young men and women in this room, and I thank you that you're speaking to hearts right now individually, those that have felt your presence, those that don't know if you're real, those that like have lived in your presence their whole lives and don't even recognize it sometimes anymore. God, I pray you would just speak right now that hearts would be opened, that they'd be softened, that they'd be well aware of the reality of your love toward them, God. And in this place tonight, God, I pray you draw hearts to yourself in a deeper way, God, not just an experience, but a walking out relationship, going my way reality, walking with you to see what the journey has in store. Blessings and favor, because you have come that we, have, that we might have life and have life more abundantly. So, God, I thank you for each one here, and I pray you just continue to work in hearts, continue to show up, continue to make them cry and weep when your presence falls and laugh and just have peace or just get free or just get totally delivered from, from stuff going on in their lives or just have that moment of rest in their heart where they're not strained and stressed. God, I pray you'd continue to bring those moments and that each of these students would draw near to you and offer their life to what you possibly could do with it. In Jesus' name.
Amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.